guys. How you doing? I have really appreciated being back after four months of not seeing you guys. It feels like it's been forever. Um, one of the things that I wanted to put in front of you guys and uh, was actually somebody from our own uh, ministry, 710, named Jason Mahler up. Um, you guys, I think we put these out on the seats last week. But uh, you can go on our website, 710.org, and there's a QR code. 710 has launched an app. So this app is kind of like a, it's a one-stop shop for everything that you need to know about 710. So we have uh, all of our past sermons on there. We have spots for us to be able to share what we're reading in the scriptures and what God is teaching us. It's a really exciting thing. I would encourage you, just go to 710.org. Um, the QR code is on there right there. And uh, yeah, I would, that's our gift to you. And uh, it's pretty cool. So we are in a series called Love Is. And um, the whole point of the series is really to slow down and to think about what is the love of Jesus actually like? Because I was thinking about this a long time ago as we were kind of dreaming up this series. But one of the things uh, I observed about our culture just in general is love has just become extremely shallow. Have you guys noticed that? Like if you really, like if you were to ask the general person like what is love, most people would say, you know, be kind to people, kind of be self-giving. But it's, it's just, it's become just very, very shallow. Like it's just kind of like being nice to people. But when you read the scriptures, one of the things that uh, all the word of God presents is that the Father, uh, our Father God, who created all things, he has actually revealed to us what love actually is. Harley, if you don't mind putting up uh, on, on the screen, um, John 1.18, we're going through the Gospel of John uh, on church on Sunday, so I encourage you guys, if you're not coming on Sunday, to check it out. But in John 1.18, this is, listen to what the Apostle John says about Jesus. So he says, no one has ever seen God. Like, nobody has ever seen God in, like, his full glory and his goodness. But the unique one, referring to Jesus, who is himself God, and he's near to the Father's heart. And then this is the phrase I absolutely love. He has revealed God to us. Think about that statement for a second. And especially if you're a Christian and you've been in the church for a long time, the claim of the Bible is that a real person, a Jewish man who lived 2,000 years ago, revealed who God actually is to us. And as his followers, Shan talked about this last week, we're called to imitate who God is. So if you're a Christian in the room, I encourage you in this series, lean in, because as you seek to imitate Jesus, Jesus is the clearest picture of anything you will ever get in the world to what God is like. And now listen, I know in a room like this, especially in 710, I've talked to many of you before, um, there's a whole wide variety of people who come to this room. There's people who are like committed Jesus followers, like I'm all in. There's, there's a ton of young adults who come into this room who've had a lot of church hurt or they've had bad experiences in the church. And I would just encourage you, maybe take this series as like a, a fresh, it's just a fresh take at like who is Jesus actually? And I know there's people in the room who aren't Christians. And I just want to say I'm so glad you're here. And my invitation to you and our invitation to you as a ministry is just to consider Jesus. Like consider his beauty. Consider the things that we say about him. 
and I just, I just like ask questions and, and, and just, we just want to invite you into this safe place just to explore who Jesus is. So um, with that being said, let's pray and then we'll get into uh, our topic tonight. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we love you so much and we're just so thankful for you. Jesus, we do uh, acknowledge that you are the one who is God, who has revealed God to us. And um, in doing that, Jesus, you have revealed what real love actually looks like. And Lord, what we'll see tonight is that love is extremely practical. Um, And it leads us to the brokenness in the world. It leads us to the mess so that the healing, love, and kindness of Jesus can go forth from your people. Jesus, I pray that this whole night would be an offering to you, that it would would really bless you in how we worship and how we... uh, conversate with each other and how we really seek to learn what you have to say. We love you so much, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Have you guys ever been in a situation uh, where you wish somebody had taken the time to understand what you were going through, but they didn't? Maybe that's something that you're going through right now. Like There's like a situation that you're going through in your life. It's difficult, and you wish somebody would take the time to really listen and understand you, but they didn't. It may be a trial, like something like you've lost a loved one, and some things that people do is they just offer like a a tip of advice, or they try to fix what's going on. Maybe it's a bad habit that you have, but there's actually brokenness and like suffering in your life that keeps causing you to go back to that thing. But people write you off because they're just making judgments about your situation. Like we all know that experience. It's extremely frustrating. It's extremely frustrating because here's what I believe. We always feel the most loved when somebody finally takes the time to slow down and really think about our world, right? When somebody really slows down and can identify with a thing that you're going through, it does something in your heart and you feel loved and you feel known. And one of the things that I absolutely love about Jesus is that the way that he himself loved people was by putting himself in other people's shoes. Like the very way, the actual way that Jesus loved people, and as we will see, the way that he taught us to love people tonight is to slow down, understand somebody's world, and to move towards them in compassion. But here's, let's just be honest for a second, and let's just like kind of zoom out and talk about our wider culture Understanding, being understood, is something that we all crave, but we're so slow to give. Have you guys noticed that? Like, understand, like, we all want to be understood so bad, but when there's somebody who actually needs to be understood, we're so slow to give it. I think the most, like, clear picture of this is politics right now, right? (laughs) Like, you flip on Fox News or whatever, CNN, And everybody, like, they just want to be understood. They want their opinion to be understood. They want their view to be understood. And then yet, when the other person wants to talk, they will not give it to them, right? Because we live in a culture that just, it has to be right. But Jesus teaches us a better way. And that's why I said we're coming back to the person of Jesus, because Jesus shows us how to navigate this world as his followers in the best way, the wisest way to live. So turn with me uh, in your Bibles to Mark 8 verses 1 through 9. And Harley, I'm going to ask you to put on 
the screen the kind of steps of love that Shannon talked about last week. So if you remember last week, Shannon talked about love being costly. And one of the things, if you would like, I would just encourage you for homework, go back, read the Gospels, like just read the book of Luke. There's this constant pattern of Jesus' life that you'll see it play, it'll play over and over and over again, that Jesus, he looks and he sees people in their brokenness. Like he's, he doesn't, like he sees the things that nobody else sees. He's always moved to compassion, like he's stirred up with compassion, and then he's moved to action. So the story of the Good Samaritan last week, if you remember, there was uh, the priest and the Levite, and there's this man who's wounded on the road, and they all walk by, like the godly people, quote unquote, walk by and leave him there. And then the Good Samaritan, the half-breed, the one that nobody wanted anything to do with, especially Jews, he, he walks, he looks, he sees the brokenness, he's stirred to compassion, and he meets needs at Costa himself. Now, let me show you another story. That was Jesus' teaching. What I love about Jesus so much is that whatever Jesus teaches, he also practices himself. Whatever Jesus teaches, he always lives out himself. This is called integrity. In Mark 8, 1 through 9, read with me. It says, during those days, another large crowd gathered around Jesus. So Jesus always had large crowds around him. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, here it is, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? Which, by the way, just a few chapters before this, Jesus fed the 5,000. So they're a little slow, but he's working with them. Verse 5, how many loaves do you have, Jesus asked. And they said, seven. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground, and when he had taken the seven loaves and gave thanks, he broke them broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them He gave thanks for them also and told his disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up the seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present. All right, I just want you to, to slow down. One of the best things that you can do when you read the Bible is slow down. I tell my small group that all the time. Like, slow down when you read the Bible. Put yourself in Jesus' shoes for a second. If you had been with 4,000 people for three days, and you were teaching them, you were asking them, they were asking you questions, you were listening to their problems, what would you be thinking about? Yourself. I just need a break. 710 is like my favorite night of the week. I love spending time with you guys, but I'm telling you when the day is over, I am so wiped and I'm ready to go home and I just need a break from people from a long time. Jesus is with the crowd for three days. He, doesn't, he can't get in a car and go home. He's with these people for, for three days, 4,000 of them. And it's, what's incredible to me about Jesus is that the thing that he's thinking about isn't his own needs, but he's thinking about people. He's thinking about people. It's, it's amazing to me also that Jesus, he isn't in a rush. He isn't in a rush, and he isn't too overwhelmed to think about other people's needs. One of the things I, I thought was so interesting about this story, when I was kind of comparing Jesus and his disciples, and honestly Jesus and me, is 
Just when I would be seeking to have compassion for myself, Jesus was having compassion for the people that nobody else was thinking about. And let me, let me show you what I mean. Why do you think Jesus said these things out loud? Like, why do you think he said them out loud? And he, he makes three simple observations to his disciples. He says, um, he says, I have compassion for these people. So then he says, they've already been with me three days. They have nothing to eat. And if I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. See, Jesus, what he's doing here is he's putting himself in other people's shoes. He's thinking about what it would be like to be in their situation, and then he's, he's stirred with compassion for them when he should be emotionally drained, and he actually provides for them by, by uh, multiplying food to feed them. When Jesus is talking to his disciples, the reason this would be such a shock to them is because the crowd, this story takes place in a Gentile region, which means the whole crowd was Gentiles. And if you know anything about Jews and Gentiles, they don't really go together. <laughs> like, there's a lot of friction between the two groups. There's different beliefs. There's different, like, they're quote-unquote not my group. What Jesus is doing is he's, he's telling his disciples, he's like, listen, People, I have eyes to see people who are, quote-unquote, not in your group. I have eyes to see people who are not in your group. And this is one of the things that Jesus will always challenge us to do. If you, if you are a human being, which we all are, <laughs> you, you know the experience. Everybody has a group. Everybody has a group. And one of the things that Jesus always challenges, he's like, look at the people that are outside of your group, do you have eyes to see them? Which, would, which will require us to slow down, to look outside of people who are similar to us, and to realize that we have to forget our own needs. Jesus, what he's doing is he's incarnating. And this is why this is so important. To incarnate, literally that word means in someone's flesh. It's, it's Latin, in and incarnate, so incarnal, in someone else's flesh. To incarnate with somebody literally means to walk in someone else's shoes, to move into another person's world in a way that we understand it from the inside. And here's why this is so important. Jesus wants us to incarnate into other people's worlds because incarnation leads to compassion. Whenever you put yourself into somebody else's world, into somebody else's shoes, it always leads to compassion. And Jesus knows this. This is why he uh, gives us the most famous commandment that he's ever known for, and it's called the golden rule. And, and the golden rule is kind of like a, it's a how-to guide on how to incarnate into somebody else's world. This is what it says, Matthew 7, 12. It says, so in everything that you do, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this, this whole commandment, sums up the law and the prophet. So th listen to what Jesus is saying here uh, in this teaching. This one commandment, this one commandment, if you actually put it into practice, it'll summarize everything that God has ever been trying to do in the Old Testament with Israel, with the law, all these 600 commandments. It was trying to get you to be a people who do to others what you would have them do to you and the prophets. Like this is the whole thing. Like if you could just do this one thing, you would love like Jesus. So I want to do something. I want to break down this verse and actually unpack it. Like, how do we actually practice the golden rule? Because this is my, this is my uh, guess. Many of us have thought 
very, like, we, we're very familiar with this verse, but we actually haven't, like, thought about it. Like, what does it actually mean? So do to others what you would have them do to you. In order to practice the golden rule, and you can write this down, you have to do two things. You have to think, and you have to do something. Pretty simple. And you have to do it in that order. <laughs> so you think, what if I were in that person's shoes? So whatever, whatever person that you're, that you're, that's in front of you, like if I were in that person's shoes, how would I feel? What would be going through my head? What would I want someone to do to me? And then Jesus is very simple. He goes, and then just go and do that thing. And here's why Jesus has to say that. He has to say that because it's, let's just be honest, it's, we, live in, we live in such a fast-paced culture, and you guys know this, even in your own internal world, we live in such a fast-paced life that it's so hard to slow down and put yourself into somebody else's shoes and actually give the time, give the time to think about what it would be like in their own situation, right? And, and, and going back to what I said at the very beginning, and we know what it feels like when somebody doesn't do that to you, right? So Jesus is saying, like, slow down. Think about whatever person is in front of you. What would you, like, what would you feel if you were them? What would you want if you were them? And then go do that to that person. Here's the second reason why Jesus wants us to do that. Because when we try to love people without thinking first about their situation, we'll end up being paternalistic. And here's what that means. It means I know what's best for you. Have you ever had somebody love you from an out, outside of you and just telling you what's best for you? How does it feel? It feels extremely frustrating. There's this story, and I'm not going to uh, read it to you for the sake of time, but um, Mark 10 and it's like later in the chapter, you can go look it up on your own time. Jesus, there's a blind man, and uh, so just first of all, imagine being blind. Your whole life, you can't see a thing. Like you're a social outcast, and he's sitting by the edge of the city gate. So all the people just like, they just see a problem. Like there's somebody begging, they just see a problem. He just kind of, all these crowds keep walking. And this blind man hears of this Jewish rabbi, this Jewish teacher who has incredible teaching and incredible power, right? So Jesus is walking through the city gate, and, and then he hears that, that uh, Jesus is coming. He goes, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. And he keeps saying it over and over. And, uh, and then Jesus goes, call that man over to me. So Jesus, he calls the man over to himself, and Jesus asks this man an incredible question a question that I would never ask them. He goes, what can I do for you? Now think about the situation for a second. Jesus, who knows all things, is looking at a person who is blind. It's obvious what his need is. It's obvious what his need is. And Jesus goes, what can I do for you? Have you ever been at a, have you ever been at a stoplight before? Uh, or have you come across a person who's experiencing homelessness? What question do you never ask them? What can I do for you? Here's why we don't ask that question. Because whenever you ask that question, you lose control of the situation. You completely lose control of the situation. And now the person who's in control of your time, your money, and your energy is now that person. I love it. I love how Jesus is so, 
so humble in this moment because he knows what the need is, and he simply asked the man, what can I do for you? Which shows an amazing, incredible thing about Jesus is that he's not out trying to fix people. He's loving people. The miracle isn't the point of the story. Jesus loving the man is. See, if you go back to the golden rule, Jesus says, in everything, do to others what I would have them do to you. I I want you to focus on the first phrase of that verse. So, in everything. I actually looked up the Greek word for everything, and guess what? It literally means everything. (laughs) Jesus Jesus is very challenging just in, in this word because here's what we do. We, we set limits on our love to make life more comfortable for us, don't we? We set limits on our love to make life more comfortable for us. And we limit who we love, and we limit when we love. Who we love. Um, <clears throat> have, you ever had a, have you ever had it where um, somebody asks for a need, and because it's your best friend, you're like the first one there? And then somebody who's like kind of like outside of your quote-unquote group asks for a need, and like they might irritate you a little bit, and they're just kind of a person who drains you, and then they ask for a need, and you have all the excuses in the world (laughs) not to help that person at that time. See, Jesus is always challenging us, just like he was with that disciples. Who is outside of your of your circle. We always like to limit our love to these three things. And think about this for a second with your life. We limit our love to, to these three types of people. People who, who like me, people who I like, and people who look like me. Think about your life for a second. Is there anybody outside of that category that you actually spend significant time loving and serving? People I like, people who like me, and people who look like me. Jesus is always pushing those boundaries with us. Um, there's the, <laughs> Jesus also, he, he limits, uh, he, he confronts when we like to choose when we love. We always choose the love when it's a convenient time, don't we? Like how many times have you said, Jesus, but I need to go to the gym, but Jesus, I have homework. But Jesus, I've had a really long day. I just need some me time. Like we always, we, we, we create like almost pockets of our day when like we're supposed to love people. And what Jesus does, how many of you have noticed this? The best opportunities to love people always come at the worst times. <laughs> have you noticed that? The best opportunities to, to love people have always, always come at the worst times. And let me ask you a question. If love, by its definition, Jesus, is sacrificial, do you, don't you think that Jesus is going to give you an opportunity to sacrifice something? And normally it's your time, it's your money, and it's your energy. I, I have a, a story with you guys. Very, very, uh, this was a very uh, frustrating night for me on Sunday. Um, I was writing this message, and for whatever reason, I was just like, with this message specifically on Sunday night, I already had a headache that day. My stomach wasn't feeling that good, and I was just spent, honestly. It was just a long week. And um, I, 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 was, uh, I was working on this message, and I just came to a point where on my message that I was so frustrated. Like, I just knew, like, everything I had, everything that I thought through, I was like, I know this is not it. 
Like, I know this is not it. I know God has something else for me. So I'm like, Crystal, I'm leaving the house. I'm going on a walk. It's hot outside. I don't care. I just need to clear my head. And so I go on a walk around uh, my neighborhood, and then I choose to go on a different route than I, than I normally do. So I leave, and behind my house, there's kind of like this uh, bike path, walking path that a bunch of people use when the weather is nice. And so I'm just walking. Like, I'm walking, and I'm literally praying to God. I was like, God, like, I, I really need something from you. <laughs> and I was just complaining. I was like, God, like, give me an illustration for this message. Give me, like, give me an example. Give me a story that I can actually, like, show these people, like, what this looks like in action. So literally, like, I'm just repeating this prayer over and over and over. I'm like, God, please, God, please give me something. And as I'm walking, I look to my left at about three quarters of a mile down my house, and then there's a homeless person right next to me. And, and God goes, here's what you're doing tonight. You're going to care for him. And I was like, God, it's 6.30 p.m. on Sunday night. I have to teach this message to the team tomorrow. I was like, I'm not going to have a message if I do this. He's like, I don't care. I want you to talk to him. So I was like, okay, sounds good. So, so, the, so this guy, his name's Dean. He looks at me and goes, hey, you smoke weed? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, thankfully. He's like, well, no, no, no. I mean, do you have weed? I was like, still, don't have weed. Don't smoke weed or don't have weed. And God's like, I want you to go and, and, and talk to him. I was like, okay, Lord. So I go up, and I was like, uh, you know, what's going on? What's your name? And he goes, my name's Dean. He's about 57 years old. And um, I was about to say, this is what I can do for you. And then God goes, what question are we going to have the 710 community ask people when you love people? He goes, what can I do for you? So I'm like, uh, sir, I was like, my name's Corey, like, I live around here, I was like, what can I do for you? So this whole, like, exchange happens between us where it comes to find out, like, he's from California, he came out to see his daughter Tiffany, who's in prison, and um, he's so poor that he, uh, he came out to see his daughter, and um, knowing that he wouldn't have a place to stay. So it's a hundred and, um, it's a hundred plus degrees outside, and there's just this concrete bench. Because I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, I, where I live, I never see homeless people, ever. And I just asked him, I was like, like, what do you need? He's like, well, I'm trying to get back home. Like, he doesn't have a shirt on. He's super messy and gross. And he goes like, I, he's like, and I'm going to sleep on this concrete pillar here tonight. And I'm like, all right, what can I do for you? And he goes like, well, I need $40 to get a Greyhound bus ticket to go back to uh, California, and I could stay with my ex-girlfriend, and it was just like this kind of interesting situation. I was like, okay. I was like, I can take care of that money. Like, I'll get you a bus ticket to be able to go back home. And I'm about to leave, and God goes, put yourself in his world. And I was like, oh, shoot. Because <laughs> this is when the compassion starts to happen, and God goes, are you really, you're just like, he's, he's dirty, he's, uh, he's hungry, and he's laying on a brick pillar, uh, a, a brick bench, for the whole night. And you're going to let him do that? And I was like, he's like, God's like, what would you do if, uh, if that were you? What would you want to happen to you? So I was like, okay. So I, I end up, I was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I said, I, I'm decided I'm going to take care of you tonight. And I said, I wanna, I'm going to take you back to my house, and I'm going to give you a shower. 
And, um, and so all the things that are going through my head that, like, you know, that we always do is just like, well, he asked you for drugs, so, like, he's not trustworthy, you know? And, like, all this stuff, he, like, who's, who's to say what he's going to do with your money? And, you know, like, your wife's at home. Is this even going to be safe? And, um, and so I, was, I said, okay. I was, like, I was like, Dean, I was like, let's just walk back. I was like, if you don't mind, it's like three-quarters of a mile, but we'll walk back to my house. And I'm not kidding. Like, as I'm walking back to my house, um, do you guys know that, that, um, that teaching of Jesus where he talks about um, when, you, when you cared for the poor and when you gave a glass of water to those who were thirsty and when you fed those who were, who were hungry, you did that to me. And for three-quarters of a mile, we walked all the way back to my house, and I just heard his whole story, and his, his personality came out in his heart, and I just felt like I was walking with Jesus for three-quarters of a mile. And um, I was hearing his story. I was hearing the brokenness and what, what he got into that landed him in jail and the situation that he was in, and God's just, like, pulling my heart. He's like, if you, weren't, if you weren't even planning this message, you wouldn't have even done that. And so we walk back, and I, 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 we get to my house, and it's like, at this point, it's like 8 o'clock at night. And um, I said, Crystal, I was just like, I'm going to give him a shower. I'm going to take clothes from my closet. I'm going to give him clothes. So he showers up, and, uh, and as we're showering, God goes, Are you, you're going to let him go back outside and sleep on the bench? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and so I was like, God's just like working on me, like hardcore on, uh, at this moment. And so I was like, all right, Lord. So I, he showers, he cleans up, he comes downstairs. He has a glass, uh, a whole, uh, it's like a big a cup of Gatorade mixed with vodka. He knocks it over. It spills it all over my kitchen table and all over my floor and then all over my laptop. And I was just like the whole time, like God's just like, you remember that story Shannon taught last week about the Good Samaritan? And then you're on a path, and there's a guy on the side of the road, and, you know, he, like, he saw that he was in need, and all these people walked by, and then there's a good Samaritan who came, and, like, it, and it cost him all this different stuff. God's just like, I'm going to literally show you how you're going to do it tonight. So we get out of the shower. So we get out of the shower. <laughs> Cotter, <laughs> make, make sure you take that out of the podcast. <laughs> he gets out of the shower. We come downstairs, we talk. Anyways, I introduce him to my wife, and, and this, is, this is what broke my heart. This is what broke my heart, and I'm going to finish the story up and wrap up this message, I promise. He takes out a picture of all his family, and, 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 he, and, he picks, and he shows me this picture, and it's with one of his daughters, and he goes, I wish I could go back to this moment. And what he's saying is, I wish I could go back and change the decisions I made. I wish I could go back to a time when people loved me, because he's lonely, extremely lonely. And so we talk even more, and, and then this is what's crazy. We just keep going. And he goes, you know what's crazy? He's like, two weeks ago, there was a, I was on the side of the road like I was before, and a, a Christian came up to me and told me about Jesus. And he said, um, he said, I come here, and I'm laying on a bench, and another person comes up to me, and he's a Christian and loves Jesus. And I, and I told him, I was like, hey, dude, I was like, Jesus is coming after you. I was like, it doesn't matter what you've done. And, and he talks about, he's like, I'm an old man, I'm 57. I was like, it doesn't matter how old you are. I was like, Jesus is coming after you tonight. <clears throat> and to make a long story short, we end up going to the grocery store, taking him to the Best Western, 
and I, I put him up in a, a hotel for the night. And one of the things that God, <laughs> I feel like, wanted to teach me was, he was like, listen, you can say whatever you want on Tuesday. You can say whatever you want on Tuesday. <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually teach you to live it out. And I don't say that to prop up myself at all. I've never done that before, and I have massive amounts of work to do to love people. But what God taught me that night was when you take the time to slow down in your life, to pray to God, and you actually like put your life like this in his hands, he will lead you to the most random places, the most random people to give his love. Like, these stories that we read in these series about Jesus, guys, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I would hate to come at the end of this series and we have notebooks full of notes about love, but not to actually, like, go and do it. Like, I, I, I pray, and my desire for this community is that we would be a community that really, really wants to love like Jesus. So to wrap it all up, Jesus teaches us that when you put yourself into someone else's world, when you ask them questions about what it's like to be in their, in their situation, you have compassion and it teaches you to love. And here's where we're going to end and land the plane tonight. All these moments in Jesus' life where he slows down and has compassion and he loves people, they're just tiny little pictures of what Jesus did with his whole entire life. Hebrews 2.14, Harley, if you don't mind putting this on the screen, it says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son, that is Jesus, also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could Jesus die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Amen? One of the things that I love about Jesus, I love about him so much, is that he didn't just, God didn't just imagine what it would be like to be in human shoes. He actually became a human being. Like, and this is where it gets really personal tonight. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 25 years. I don't care if you're not a Christian at all. Jesus understands what it's like to be a human being. He knows the pain. He knows the, he knows the suffering. He knows all of it. And what we crave so bad, one of the things about love that scares us, if I give my life away, for somebody else, who's going to take care of me? Like, who's going to take care of me? And the answer is Jesus. Like, Jesus knows. Like, he walked this earth. He didn't just, like, float above life. Like, he, he experienced rejection. He experienced anxiety. He experienced pain in far greater levels than a lot of us. And he came, and at the end of his life, he sacrificed himself for your sin, for our sin, so that you could know God, that you could actually know God, that you could be in relationship with him, and he met our greatest spiritual need. <clears throat> and I just want to invite you tonight just to consider Jesus. Consider how he loved you, and consider how you might give that away to somebody else. Let's pray. Lord, um, I thank you for... Uh, your mercy and your grace and your kindness to us. Um, Jesus, I thank you that you have shown us what God is like. Jesus, you are God. We confess that, and we confess that you are love. And so when the world tries to tell us what love looks like, 
what love should do. Jesus, we, we look at you and we come before you, and Jesus, we want you to teach us. Uh, we, we want you to speak to us. We want you to um, love through us. Jesus, you didn't just come and enter flesh one time, but Jesus, uh, the scriptures say that you uh, sent your very own spirit into our hearts uh, and the Holy Spirit, and now you are loving people through us now. And so, Lord, the power to love people is not just trying harder. It's not being better. It's not earning whatever, Lord. It's not that. It's your power at work in our lives to love people. So I pray that you would teach us to be that people. And we love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Connor is about to um, lead us in worship right now, but uh, we're just going to take a moment, and we're just, I want you guys to, ref, to reflect and pray just for a few seconds. And this is, like, really simple, like, really simple. I just want you to think about how has God loved you? Not, like, how has God loved the church or God, like, how has God loved you? Like, what, is, like, what has he done in your life? Like, all of the ways that God could have pointed fingers at you, and he didn't. And he moved, and he met you in your greatest need. Like, I just want you to think about that for a second. And just be, re- be re-reminded and refreshed by the love of God in your life. And then the second thing I want you to pray about is ask God, who is he sending you to? Like, who is he sending you to this week? It might be a, a family member. It might be a friend. It, it might be a coworker. It might be somebody at school. I don't know. But we want, our life, we want our hands and the posture of our heart to be one that receives what God has to say to us. So spend some time, reflect on those things, pray to Jesus, and then we'll worship him together. So cold.